0: This is NBA Sound System at NBA Summer League in Las Vegas, coming to you from the Thomas & Mack Center on the campus of UNLV. For the very latest, check out our full slate of Summer League podcasts by searching NBA Sound System on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or anywhere else you get your favorite podcasts. You can also visit nba nbasoundsystem.com to listen in. Thanks for being part of NBA Summer League 2019 on NBA Sound System. And once again, NBA sound system, Amino Hassan and his gravelly voice live from Las Vegas Summer League, joined by a very special guests, Josh Roberts from CloseUp360.com. Josh, Josh Martin, of closeup Josh Martin,
1: sorry. It's all good. Oh, man. You're on your wits end just, for
0: Summer League, dude. You're good. Let, <laughs> let me just say right now <laughs> that I'm, going, I'm operating over four hours of sleep.
1: <laughs> I'm surprised you're even still here, like in this seat right now. You're not like keeled over
0: somewhere. You've been here the whole time, yeah. I have, yes. Except for one day where I had to fly to LA and fly back. yeah. So, uh, needless to say, I, I've I've earned my keep at Summer League this year. Of other course. than screwing up your name, <laughs> sorry Josh. It's all good. It's all uh, good. So, is this this is Summer League number what for you? Five. Number, number five. five. Okay. What? Give me your best memory of your first Summer League. Oh man, uh, first Summer
1: League. Let's see. That was. The Andrew Wiggins year. So watching him in a Cavs jersey was really
0: interesting. Wiggins versus Parker. Yeah. I remember that. And that was the last, uh, I was talking to Albert Hall earlier, uh co-creator of Vegas Summer League. And so that was the last marquee game they put in Cox Pavilion. Mm -hmm. That was the, that's the the watershed moment where it's like, okay, this thing has grown to a point where the big game goes in the big gym now. Mm -hmm. All the time. And uh, it's interesting now to see where their careers have gone. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. well, both of them, right. I mean, I, I know w- Wiggins is very well compensated, but yes. not quite what we thought. Yeah. You know, in the months leading up to that summer league where it was rigging for Wiggins or oh, sorry yeah. for Jabari, remember that? <laughs> that was supposed to be like one of the marquee drafts that
1: we'd seen a yeah. long time and you know, that but that sort of goes to the whole point of like you don't really know. Like we're all just kind of guessing, even those folks who have been watching these guys for years and years and seeing the skills that they have and how they've developed. You don't know until they get to the NBA. And even then you don't know how their careers are going to proceed. Jabari with his knee injuries and Andrew with, you know, whatever it is that's gone Mm. on in his career, that's gotten him to the point that he's at.
0: And and you could argue also that Jabari, it's not the knee injuries, right? That's like, yes, that certainly didn't help. Right. But I don't think we look at him today and say, oh man, he was a hell of a player for those knee This is pretty much the player he was. It's Mm -hmm. just, it wasn't as good as we thought. And I think that's the magic of Summer League is that there are people that you can come here expecting like, oh, I came to see these guys. Right. I came to see, sorry for Jabari, rigging for Wiggins, right? Uh-huh. Because these guys are going to be stars. And then they turn out to be, okay. Yeah. And then there are other guys that you probably never heard of or you've heard of, but you don't think much about. So let me just do the quick <laughs> search. Because I, I think, this guy was in this draft, but I'm not quite sure. 2014? Yes.
1: I got to go through, because that was the Julius Randle draft. Marcus yes. Smart. Yes. Uh, Lord, Aaron Gordon was in that one as yes. well. And these are all guys who coming out, It's everyone was so stoked about these guys. And they've sort of developed in their own ways. And Embiid, but he was hurt.
0: Right. Uh, He's probably the best player to come out of that draft. Okay, I was right. Cool. Jokic. Oh, That's the name I was trying to think second of. Second round, yeah. too. Second rounder. So, you know, there are some people that you came here to see, mm-hmm. and they may have even put on the show that you wanted to see here at Summer League, and then they end up being meh or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then other people you never heard of, they end up having pretty pretty strong careers. Earlier with Albert, we were talking about guys like Kent Bazemore and and Fremont Green and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, Brandon Roy, even though he was a top 10 pick. I don't think he had the hoopla coming out Mm -hmm. that he ended up having in the league. And it all starts at Summer League. So it was just a fun time to see guys that you think are going to be good and see guys that you've never heard of. And so when we talk about 2019, give me some names. So uh, of the name brand guys who impressed you the most. I mean, we didn't really get to see much of Zion, so That was a little unfortunate. I mean, the problem
1: with this is that. We really haven't seen many of the name brand guys, in part because of the way the calendar laid right. out, right? Because a lot of these trades that these guys were involved in weren't executed until right. Summer League had started. Then it's like, well, we're not going to throw this guy into the flow with right. our guys when he hasn't had a chance to practice. So that's been kind of unfortunate. So it's, it's been a good showcase, I think, for some other type of fringe players, guys who are trying to get in the league. You look at a guy like Terrence Davis, mm-hmm. who had some nice games with Denver, gets a deal with Toronto, but then you know he's he's not going to play on Denver's summer league right, team anymore right, at right, that right. point. Um, you know you've seen a little guy like Chris Clemens, for instance, five nine. Mm-hmm. He's been really good for Houston. We'll see if he's able to latch on with the team. But uh, I think that's that's what's nice is that even if you don't have those marquee names yeah. around, there's still opportunities for guys to shine. And look, even with New Orleans, they don't have uh, they don't have Zion out there anymore, but they still had. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who's played well for them. Jackson Hayes had that. Yes, the, that dunk, of, <laughs> the dunk of
0: the year. Maybe, Seriously. <laughs> maybe one of the greatest dunks of summer league history. Yeah. Um, what? Who's a guy that surprised I'll give you? Let me give you an example. Sure. I didn't think Taco Fall could be this good mm. in an NBA setting. And sure. I know this isn't quite the NBA, but still, the pace is more like what an NBA game looks like than playing uh, in college. I don't. I was shocked to see him move as fluidly as he did. Mm-hmm. And that he's also pretty skilled. Who are some guys that going in, you're like, all right, whatever. And now you're like, oh, okay, this guy's pretty good. Mm-hmm.
1: So I've been impressed, I think, by Tyler Hero <laughs> oh, with yeah. the Heat, right? Because like, yeah. you know, he was good. I didn't totally expect that he was going to be a one and done type guy right. at Kentucky. He comes out, becomes a lottery pick of the Miami Heat. It's like, okay, this is interesting. Like, we'll see where this goes. And he's got a really nice all-around game as a guard and You figure if he does end up playing in Miami, we'll see. You know, There's all this talk about maybe Russ Russ Westbrook gets traded to the Heat, and if that's a deal, then you figure a guy like Tyler Hero or some other young guys from Miami would be headed back to Oklahoma City. But if he does end up going to Miami, that's a really nice situation. They've got a great culture there. Uh, They have a nice history of developing those types of two-way guards, obviously Dwayne Wade being the peak, but even a guy like Josh Richardson who's now – uh, Going to be playing Field. in Philly, mm-hmm. they've done a really nice job there. So I think he's had a nice summer league, and uh, and as one of the few, I guess you would say, marquee guys, right. it's nice that he's shown up and and given the fans a nice little show for it.
0: Do you think there's something that we need to do about that? About the idea of teams sitting players, and I think we're all we're all understanding if someone's legitimately hurt mm-hmm. or rehabbing or something like that, but the idea of just for the sake of, ah, Summer League, so I'm not going to risk playing him at all, being overprotective. Should the league step in and kind of try to legislate that, or do we just kind of have to be more understanding to the team's plights? I think you have to be understanding for the teams, for sure, but I think this kind
1: of all plays into sort of the scheduling of this, right? right? And you could even pull it even back further into this notion of should we have – Free agency before the draft, right? Because then, if you can order it that way, you can get all of the league's business done before summer league. Then you don't have that excuse of, "Well, we're not going to play this guy. We're not going to play Jared Culver because he hasn't been with our Timberwolves so, team." Right? So let
0: me let me ask you if if you put free agency before the draft, are we saying that the draft now happens at the beginning of the of the school year, as opposed <laughs> to end of the school year, or are we still using a different uh, calendar there? I guess I, you would it'd be interesting to just kind because, of go. I'll right, okay. just yeah, to, yeah. To explain to the listeners. Sure, sure. The reason why a lot of these transactions are delayed is because the salary match happens based on their, tw- their future salary. Basically, mm-hmm. when the clock turns midnight on July 1, now we've got a new set of salaries for guys who are under contract from the year before, and those are the numbers that are being matched. Or mm-hmm. the team doesn't have cap space on June 30th. July 1 starts the beginning of the cap space. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily because the draft when the draft did or didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I ask: Would the, the draft then be technically still part of the prior year's calendar, or do we start with the new the new calendar? I guess you would move it into the new calendar, right? right?
1: You kind of have to because that would happen after teams have gotten their their new cap sheets for the year. They have a sense of where they're at salary wise, right? Um, I think you get that reordering in. I think uh, getting that business taken care of would allow teams then to really prioritize the right way, right? Because free agency is about what are we doing today? The draft is what are we doing tomorrow? And so that I think would make it a little bit more natural. Then you can kind of flow into it and you can keep that excitement that stems from the finals flow into free agency. The draft still gets people excited. And then, all right, we just saw these guys get drafted. We're going to see them in Vegas pretty soon. So I think that might be a more natural fit, but obviously it's something that the league and the Board of Governors are going to have to sort out at some point um, or if they feel that that's where they want to go with it.
0: All right. Number one storyline you look forward to this year that is not based in Los Angeles. Oh,
1: man, you're making this tough on oh, me. Yeah, this might... yeah. I don't
0: want to hear, <laughs> I don't want to hear the, the, the softball. I want to throw a little heat your way. For sure. And I think
1: it's going to be the competition for those big market teams. When you think about the top teams in each conference in the West, the L.A. teams will be up there maybe Golden State as well. In the East, you're thinking Philly, Boston could be back there, but you're gonna get some really good teams from those quote-unquote smaller markets. Utah Jazz have built up very nicely. They've done it, the, I guess you would say, the right way. Denver's done it the right way. Milwaukee has built up well, and so we're gonna see, I think, more of these matchups between big markets versus small markets, and uh, you know maybe one of these small, quote-unquote smaller markets actually breaks through this year in a major way to get to the finals because things are more wide open now. Uh, It's a very interesting time in the league. And I think one that's ripe to see a team that's been building step by step, finally take that next step and get over the hump and really be in the mix for a championship.
0: More likely to be that small market team that breaks through, Denver or Utah? Ooh. I guess I would go
1: slight edge to Utah at this point. Because they've got, You got more postseason experience. Okay. Right. I think their top level talent overall is a little bit better. When you look at what Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley can do as ball handlers, uh, scorers, distributors in that way, you got the two time defensive player of the year in Rudy Gobert. They've got some nice shooting there. But now with Boyan Bogdanovich. And look, Denver, I think, has done a really nice job coming along. And Nikola Jokic uh, has developed beautifully into an all star. We'll see where Jamal Murray right. comes along and some of those other young guys. I think there's just more question marks because of that youth in Denver. But See, I like
0: continuity. Sure. I'm really big on, hey, we're going to show up to camp, and we're not starting with Playbook 101. We're now like grad level, 501, mm-hmm. 500 level courses here because we've been doing this for a few years now. And uh, for the most part, everyone kind of knows their role. I think with Utah, I I like what they've done, but I think at least at the outset, there's a little bit of, okay, Quinn Snyder 101, Mm -hmm. the guys are going to have to go through. And then beyond learning the playbook, also learning one another. Where does he like the ball? Where where, where, uh, do I need to be on the court when he's doing this and that? And I think on that level, there's just a little bit of a learning curve that I wonder about for the Utah Jazz. even as I enjoy every move that they did. Sure. I think people really have forgotten because Denver didn't make any splashy moves in all season. Right? right. I think people have kind of forgotten. And the other part about Denver, man, Michael Porter Jr. is coming. Yeah. And that's going to be a game changer, I think, for them in terms of his ability to do things that they really haven't had on that roster mm-hmm. before. Um, okay. Well, let's do this. Let's take a look at the East. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, Team that didn't make the playoff. Well, yeah, yeah. Team that didn't make the playoffs last year. That you're thinking,
1: oh, that's a playoff team now. I guess I'd have to remember who didn't make the playoffs so, last year. Uh, Miami didn't make Miami it. Miami right? didn't
0: make it. Atlanta didn't make it. Hmm. Charlotte didn't make it. Right. Uh, uh, New York didn't make it. I mean, I, I'm not going to see them in there. <laughs> and <laughs> and then, sorry, uh, sorry for Chicago- you, man. <laughs> Chicago didn't make it. And who am I missing? I'm missing two more teams. Well, I Detroit- would. No, right. Detroit media. Yeah, Detroit Detroit Man Man, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all good. Uh, let's see. I said Charlotte, Chicago, Atlanta, New York, sure. Miami, can pull up the standings Washington. Right. And then there's one more that we're missing. Well,
1: I think there's there's two answers. I think the easiest one to go with is to say Miami because they got a guy like Jimmy Butler who, say what you will about him, is still a really good player that you can build around and a guy who will lead your team in one way or another. And Maybe the culture in Miami will suit him better as far as how that organization comports itself. You know, they, they are a hard, hard-nosed organization. They sort of would align with Jimmy in that way. We'll see about the eccentricities, but I think that core of it might work well. But I think the outside shot here, maybe it's Atlanta because you saw how they played right. the second half of last season. You know, they were a roughly a 500 team. Trey Young really came on nicely for them. John Collins was really good. Kevin Herter started to find himself. They've added some more young talent, some more rookies, and that's going to be tough to integrate. But I think as long as, as they can kind of take those incremental steps, continue to improve the way that they did last season, and you can't count on that. But if they can carry that over into next season, I think maybe they sneak into the playoffs potentially as
0: like an eighth seed in the East. All right, so last question to bring it back to Summer League. A couple years ago, Mm -hmm. we saw a young man named Jason Tatum ball out at Summer League, and then when the NBA season started, he balled out there as well. Mm -hmm. In the opposite conference, a guy named Kyle Kuzma came here, Mm -hmm. played really well, and he actually carried over. Who here, of all the people you've seen, do you think has the potential not to be as good as those guys, but just to be a guy that balled out here, and guess what, he's going to be a rotation player for his team next year and be and be good at it hmm. um don't say zion I don't know. <laughs> well he balled out here for about a half for so nine minutes i don't even nine there was strong, strong <laughs> nine minutes though
1: so uh, i think an interesting i guess a little bit more than zion but not that much more would be mo bamba right he scored what 15 points right. in 14 minutes in his one game has sat out since then cuz of soreness because he's put 20 pounds of muscle on since last season coming off the stress fracture in his tibia. You know, I think the magic in order to to stay in the playoff race and take that next step, they'll need him to have a role right. of some sort on that team. You know, he's and he was very raw last year. I think he'll be better this year. He's going to be spending most of this summer in Orlando working out with the team, getting acclimated to his teammates and becoming a part of that situation. So I think it would be great to see a guy like him come in and figure out a way that he and and Nikola Vucevic can sort of work together potentially because Mo's got a little bit of that outside shot and we'll right. see if it's at that level but I think he could be a, a really nice really nice player in that way. I don't know if that counts because it's his second no, summer league no, no, but That's fair. <laughs> that's definitely
0: fair. All right, one a lot, one more question. Sure. Best meal you've had in Vegas here this ooh, year. Ooh, ooh. Uh, went to Firefly.
1: See, I, a lot. I haven't been, but I hear. You haven't a lot. been, yeah. I haven't been a far. Man, market. you got to find the right friends to go I, with. You man. know what
0: I did uh, last time with the Lotus of Siam. Oh, I've heard that place is amazing. It, it is amazing and surprisingly not that expensive. Really? Yeah, it was very manageable, very reasonable. Especially if you're doing the uh, the tapas, if you're doing shared family style, then it really comes out to be a great deal. But even if you got individual plates, it's pretty cheap. I might have to hit that before I head out of town. That's lotus as I am. I no, no, no reads here. Uh, Josh, thanks a lot, man. I Thank really you, appreciate it. Appreciate you having me on. This is NBA Sound System at NBA Summer League in Las Vegas. Check out our full slate of Summer League podcasts by searching NBA Sound System wherever you get your favorite podcasts or visit nbasoundsystem.com.